Hello and welcome to the Borderlands Show, a weekly podcast about all things Borderlands. We'll discuss latest news, rumors, lore, and we'll invite special guests helping your inner vault hunter stay informed and stay entertained. You can find the show on anchor.fm forward slash the Borderlands Show. You can also find us on Twitter at Borderlands Show. No, actually, I'm sorry. This is new. We just <laughs> created the account, so I'm going to mess up a few times. It's Borderlands 3 POD. I know, I know it sounds a little bit corny, but that's the best I could find that was available. So that's going to be our Twitter handle. So make sure to find us on Twitter and give us some love. We need love. We don't have a lot of love at the moment. We have 24 followers. So we need you more than ever right now. Go go follow us. We're going to be talking about all of the latest Borderlands news before the new game is out on September 13th. And we're going to talk about some announcements on the show. Uh, you can find our podcast in many places already. We are on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Podbean. And also, I want to welcome my co-host, Caleb. What's up, man? Thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I've been wanting to do a podcast for this game forever it's been five years in the making honestly i'm really excited to finally get the show on the road and talk about borderlands 3 we're going to talk about the pax east reveal we're also going to dive into the reveal trailer that we saw and we're also going to talk about all of the things that happened on april 3rd just about last week i want to say Yep, last week. Yeah. And we're also going to talk about some of the different editions of Borderlands 3 that you can get your hands on, although the collector's edition might be a little bit more difficult to get on at this point, but it's 250 bucks. So unless you're crazy like me, you probably wouldn't do that anyways. So I guess let's start the show by sharing a little bit about us and how we got started with playing Borderlands and just video games all together. So, Caleb, how did you start playing Borderlands? I actually, believe it or not, I started with Borderlands 2. Um, I actually, I had no idea what it was. I wasn't a huge gamer at that time. I was just scrolling down on the, on the PlayStation Store, and I saw Borderlands 2. I was looking for a game for me and my friend to play together because I love co-op games. And I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, that looks pretty cool. Played that, and it was over. <laughs> and played, what, five, six years? I'm playing Borderlands 2 every year since it came out. So a lot of Borderlands 2, a little bit of OG Borderlands, and hopefully Borderlands 3 soon. Oh, it's going to happen soon. They're not going to cancel all these pre-orders. So. It's it's happening. September 13th. Got the date announced on April 3rd. We're not going to wait to talk about it. We're just going to tell you, listen, if you want to get the game, 
Stop the podcast right now. Stop the presses. Go pre-order your copy of the game right now. I still haven't pre-ordered it. They actually have some pretty decent incentives going on right now. If you get it, I want to say from Target, get a $10 reward certificate. So uh, you could save a little bit of money there. Although I got the collector's edition. But we're going to talk about that later on in the show and my obsessions with buying these freaking collector's editions because honestly i'm gonna have to get a new house pretty soon to fit all of this gaming crap that i have all around me i just can't stop between the amiibos and the destiny crap and now the borderlands it's it's gonna be bad i i I could see it now i don't know how you do it i can't bring myself to spend 250 um, it's a problem. Well, you know, it's a way to support the developers, and I figured, okay, it's about $150 more than what I would spend on the regular edition, and it looks kind of cool. Get to support the devs. It's a great way to stay in shape, and, you know, works out. I don't know, but it is a lot of money. But I don't, I don't buy too many games anymore. Well, that, that's a lie. That's a lie. I get a lot of games, actually. <laughs> Because, okay, so I get Humble Bundle every month, and I get games from there, and I can't really keep up. I, I just get games every single month. They send How me much? Like, do you just get the $1 tier in the Humble Bundle, or do you go farther down? Oh, I go for gold. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, they actually have a $12 a month subscription. Oh, that's where, how you get them. For 12 bucks a month, you get a bunch of games each month. Uh, one month you got like games like Project Cars. Another month you got Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain. One month you got Destiny Two. Although I was a day one player for that game, so they got that two fifty from me. Uh, we're not going to talk about that though. That's a whole nother podcast and discussion. But yeah, I have an obsession with, with video games. I, I do buy a lot of games, but a lot of them are so freaking cheap that you can't really say no. It's like, eventually I'm going to play it, so why not pick it up? See, I have a problem with that. I buy all these cheap games because I'm like, oh, they're so cheap, it's a good deal. And then I never play them. We should start a group to help all the fellow gamers who buy games but never really play them. Support group? Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be like it's gonna be like in a scene from Fight Club. <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. I'm gonna I'm gonna love it. But that's awesome because I actually started playing Borderlands myself with first game when that first came out. I think the first one came out in 2009. Yep, and ten year ten yeah. year uh, anniversaries. This was it. When was that? No, that's this oh, September, actually. It's October. Okay, so... Okay, not the Handsome Collection. October 20, 2009. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Wow. I remember watching some trailer for it during a wrestling thing that I watched back in 2009. And I played the game... Every single day with my friends. We played 
on a daily basis. And I loved the co-op aspect of it, but also the art style was so different. So you and yeah. And the the dialogue was so unique and different from any other game that you ever played. It it was very fun and the way the loot was distributed in that game, it was so perfect because it always felt like you were rewarded as you're playing the game. Every time you had a big enemy you had to drop, he gave you something cool, whether it was some gun you were going to sell for X amount of currency in the game, or you got a gun that's really cool that you get to now shoot. It's the original looter shooter. Let me ask yeah. you this. Would you rather them keep the same looting system for Borderlands 3, or would you rather every enemy you kill drops the gun that they were using against you? Hmm. That's really interesting. That's a good question. Because then you have the the uh, incentive, because you kill this one this one enemy who's just lighting you up with their unique weapon that's different from the other enemy beside them. And so you finally kill them, and now you have that gun. It could be a cool way to do things. I think it would be cool to implement that system with, like, bigger bosses. So that, like, and enemies that are really challenging to kill. Because they, they do that some, but not for everyone. Yeah. I think the, the problem with doing that is that they're removing a layer of randomness from the drop. So essentially, the looter-shooter aspect of it now changes slightly. That is true. Because then your progression becomes more linear rather than you're going to grind out this boss X amount of times before you get that perfect drop. Now, in games like Destiny, the way that um, it's done is every weapon has different perks that you can get. So even if you might get the same gun, you will get different variations of it where one might suck, one might be really good based on the set of perks that are on that weapon. So that's how Destiny does it. And it has its own set of flaws that we can probably spend an entire episode talking about. But I think that, to me, going back and playing through Borderlands 2 uh, on PC, I, I love the fact that I always feel like I'm being rewarded in some way. So I never feel like my time is not being respected or as opposed to playing games like, say, Destiny, where I feel like I could grind for maybe 30 hours playing an activity and still not get dropped up chasing after. Right. Or anything good for that matter, because if you play the game as much as I have, then there's very little the game can give you that you don't already have. So. But that's a whole other problem. We're not going to talk about Destiny on here, I promise. We've already talked about it like twice. <laughs> I know, I know. Just can't avoid it's a it. problem. So what have you been playing for the last five years? So just any games? Yeah, like what have, been, what have you been doing since... Oh boy. Borderlands was making the next one. Um, 
Gotta think about that. Uh, I've played a lot of games. Say the ones that I've played most. I'm a big FPS guy. So, played a lot of Call of Duty. Um, little Battlefield. Played a little of pretty much everything, but I'd say the most games that I've played the most are like Borderlands, Call of Duty, Battlefield. Although I'm not a big um, Battle Royale player, so I haven't really played too much of that. I was, I had a, I had a pretty big Battle Royale phase, but I'd say I got out of it six, seven months ago. Which game did you play? It's a shame to say right now, I, I played a lot of Fortnite back before everyone was playing it. I played it in, that would, what would, that would have been 2017 and then started to 2018 and then I played um, Blackout and played a little bit of Apex. I did play a little Realm Royale. It almost feels like it came out of nowhere. We didn't really expect Fortnite to become as popular as it became. Because if you remember back then, a game like uh, Player Unknown's Battleground was the leading battle royale despite its issues. It was the game that most people played until Fortnite started to get a lot of popularity. Hasn't PUBG been the like top game on Steam for the past three years? Uh, I'm not sure if that's recently. I would have to check the numbers on that just to um, really accurately. It's a top game for a while. I think it... Uh, Pretty much, it dipped down a lot since the new Call of Duty game came out because that essentially overtook that area of gamers. It was so much smoother and polished like it was. Yeah, they did a really good job with this Call of Duty game. My only gripe are the microtransactions and the way they did call duty points and essentially it almost felt like a pay to win game because some of the better guns that you would acquire in the game you can only acquire from loot boxes and i that's the one thing in video games that i do not support was that a thing yeah unfortunately that was a thing in in that game which to me that deterred me from continuing to play it plus destiny came out with new annual pass content so that took up a lot of my time because destiny is a very grindy game and here i am for the third time talking about (laughs) destiny like i'm in a whole different podcast here my goodness i'm gonna need some therapy it's the borderlands slash destiny podcast there's somewhat of a crossover there's professor broman and who else plays both games i got nothing we're not gonna (laughs) sit here for 20 minutes You've been playing a lot of Borderlands 2 for the last five years? Quite a lot. I believe 2018, I didn't, I barely played it at all. But besides that, it's been my main game for the longest time. It's my favorite game of all time, so. That's awesome. And actually, that was the last question that we were going to answer. And I promise the last time I will mention Destiny is to say that, sadly, Destiny is my favorite game of all time, but 
don't hate me on social media. I, I, I do have feelings. So I like Destiny, you know. Sue me. Well, don't, don't, don't sue me. That wouldn't be nice. But don't be mean. Thank you. Can you can be a little mean. Okay, maybe, maybe a little bit. But what's your favorite Borderlands game of all time? Second one, would you say? Yeah, it would be the second one. It's not the pre-sequel? <laughs> nope. Okay, just, just checking, because the pre-sequel is my favorite. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. That's a joke. That, that's a bad joke. I would say my favorite, though, is probably the first one, because I think the first one was so revolutionary. I think that the way that Borderlands 1 did co-op and the way that it did storytelling was way beyond anything that ever came out at that time. And I think it was the most immersive game that has come out in that generation. So you still like it over Borderlands 2, even though it had like less raid-like bosses? Well, I've played through the DLCs in the first one, but I haven't played through the DLC on the second one. So I'll have to play through the whole game as it was intended and then make a final verdict. But so far, I love both games, obviously, but to me, the first one was like very game-changing. More game-changing than how the second one felt over the first one. The, the second one to me felt like a more refined version and polished version of the first one. But the first one still, to me, redefined gaming. I agree. When it came out. And that's why, to me, I would say it has that little bit of edge over the, the newer game. It's, it's kind of like with Destiny. And <laughs> number four, right? The fourth <laughs> freaking time, man. I need help. I need a community manager to walk me through some shit and like give me some therapy advice, please. I like the first Destiny game way more than I like the second one, even though the second one to me was better polished, better graphics. I get to play on PC in 140 frames over the shitty 30 frames. So, you know, I've been still enjoying the first one better. Despite everything. I didn't like the second one at all. I was I loved the first one. I just couldn't get into Destiny 2. I don't know why. Just didn't click with me. I appreciated certain things about the second one, but I think they had a lot of missteps with the second one, and it almost felt like you learned your lesson and you made the updates better but then you completely disregarded everything that you learned over the last three years in the game. And we're going to throw everything out and pretend like we're starting from scratch. And you guys are seasoned veterans. You guys created Halo. You can do better. It, and for them to release a game the way that it came out, you should go listen to the Destiny Show podcast for all that. But they could have done better, is all I'm going to say. And that will be the last time we mention Destiny. Oh, probably not. <laughs> Let's talk about PAX East. Because we got some pretty interesting announcements at PAX East. We got the Borderlands 3 reveal. And Randy Pitchford 
man, he put on quite a show. <laughs> I mean, the magic tricks that man does, I should hire him for like a fucking birthday party or something. Might it's do. Be great. I feel like he spent like 30 minutes doing the magic trick. And then the trailer itself was like a minute and a half, not even three minutes. You want to hear my theory? Yeah, let's hear it. So, Randy posted on Twitter, I believe it was like a week, maybe two, before PAX East. And he said, he said that they got a lot of stuff to show, and they're really excited about all of it at PAX East. Then we watch it, and I'm like, you did not have anything to show. All you had was Borderlands 3, which was great, but you didn't have a lot. I think that his tweet was just straight marketing. And then they had the they had been given the hour time slot by the people at PAX East. So I think they just had to kind of fill that time up. But hey, that's just my theory. Yeah, it definitely felt like they they had to fill that time slot because, you know, I almost feel like I wish they didn't advertise it and hype it up as a Borderlands thing. And make it more as a Gearbox event. If they just made it a Gearbox event or a 2K Games event, fine. But even then, the magic trick took 30 minutes of everybody's Forever. time. And I, I, it's great, you know, that they did it, but did it really respect everybody's time? I mean, That's if I, I was obviously watching it as a Borderlands fan. But if I'd been watching it as you know, uh, say a Brothers in Arms fan, another Gearbox game, um, I would I would have been angry, especially because so many Brothers in Arms fans thought that there would be a reveal and there wasn't. When we finally got to see the game, I almost wish that they did more. Other games that I can't really mention right now, they have. Pretty much like a 20 to 30 minute panel that they do with game developers where they show off the art in the game. They give you a little teaser, some kind of a preview. And I think they could have used that time on the stage much better. They had an hour to fill. I think they should have used that time to speak with the people who stuck with the franchise. And I'm not talking about Battleborn or any other game that they talked about. I think Bulletstorm. I'm talking about Borderlands. Talk about the characters that are going to be in the new game. Get people excited. Give them a glimpse of the characters we're going to play as. Things right. that won't right. really give away any gameplay whatsoever, but will get the, the inner fan really excited and wanting to play the game more and pre-order it. And if you think about it, I think that was the perfect stage for them to show off the collector's edition. Instead of doing a magic trick, show us the different editions of the game and explain what they have live at PAX. I think it would have been a much stronger, more meaningful show if they had done that. Yeah, and they had what I was watching on Twitch and they had what, like 80,000 viewers. That would have been a perfect stage to like say, this is what you get with the collector's edition rather than doing a magic trick 30 minutes. Yeah. If anything, they should have done that as like a pre-show or like an after show. But 
they used valuable time to essentially show off nothing but how disorganized that event was. And I'm not hating on them because I understand it takes a lot for them to have to work on a video game and then travel to a place where it's completely foreign to them. And obviously there's lag from traveling and, and you get fatigued. I understand all that and I can, you know, relate to it. But at the same time, the show wasn't well planned, in my opinion. Could have been better planned. Yeah, and I don't really see what the point was because that was actually that reveal was on the twenty eighth, I believe, of March. And yeah. and all the stuff that they like the new trailer and the game of the year remaster, all of that was revealed on April third. I don't know why they could have just done it all at once and that would have filled up the time. I don't really understand that. Yeah, I think it was really strange. Essentially broke one event into two events and then on April 3rd, I was expecting some kind of a presentation and it was just like a video and suddenly all the games were available for pre-order. It just, it doesn't make very much sense. I don't know. Yeah. So what did Randy Pitchford do besides the magic trick? He confirmed that we're getting no Battle Royale and that's what a lot of people were speculating that it was going to have some kind of a battle royale slash multiplayer aspect to the game, which was confirmed to be not true by Randy Pitchford. In fact, that was like the first thing he said. Very happy about that. Yeah. Very, very happy. Yeah. And also Randy Pitchford revealed that has been in development for years. Writing for Game Rant, I had read a lot of different rumors and everything about them working on it for and they had the 99 percent of their team working on it and that's five years nine, i know that 90 percent of the team hasn't been working for five years but that's a lot of time to put into a game still i don't know a lot of time it's got to be good and it's exciting to me because borderlands focuses very heavily on campaign so you know that those five years were spent on building out an amazing story, an amazing RPG looter shooter that this game is known to be. And I think they're going to really go above and beyond with this game because think about it. The graphics aren't that crazy, right? It's still cell shading. It's, it's going to have that Borderlands look to it. And that's okay. I love that. But from a technological standpoint, they have a lot to work with now because they don't have to worry about pushing crazy graphics like other games might have to. So they can put more things on the screen with the game running more optimally on different consoles that may not be as powerful as a PC with, you know, like a 2070 or 2080 graphics card. Yeah, I'm excited to see what unique features are put into Borderlands 3. Because Borderlands 2 was a last-gen game. So now it's obviously going to be a very similar game in terms of art style and graphics won't be that different. But there, there's a lot of unique features that I think we're going to see that we haven't seen before. I don't know what those will be, but I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think that uh, Gearbox 
really knows how to create a solid co-op experience. So I expect for them to continue to push grounds with co-op gameplay. And I'm excited to see what type of multiplayer element we'll be able to get from the game and the raids that we might have a chance to play now that otherwise wouldn't be possible. Because for them to spend five years on a game with such a large team, that's pretty substantial. That's pretty massive. So I'm really excited to see what they are able to accomplish with this game. I'm really excited to see the kind of raids that there may be. Yeah, that's going to be crazy. Imagine if we can play like a 10-person raid. That would be so crazy. That would be pretty awesome. And I'm sure we're going to learn a lot more as we enter the E3 season. And during E3, I'm pretty sure Gearbox is going to be revealing a lot more about this game. Oh, yeah, I'm sure there will be. They have the gameplay reveal on May 1st. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do we know what time that's taking I, place? Uh, not off the top of my head. Okay. We're going to research that and put it in the show notes for you guys. So you know. So what else did Randy Pitchford reveal during the PAX East panel? I know he showed up some really cool magic tricks, right? Then we also got the new tabletop game that was announced. That was, uh, I mean, I guess kind of cool if you're into those kind of games. Played too many tabletop games myself. I enjoy them. I just, I don't have enough friends here that would want to play that. So I'm not going to be getting it. Okay. Now, since you're a fan, what do you enjoy about them? Because I haven't really been exposed to tabletop games myself but more so because I have such a big backlog of video games, so I never really seeked out a new type of game. I haven't, so I haven't played many, like, many of, like, the, the gaming-related tabletop games. When I, when I said that, I was thinking more just, like, straight board games. But I just enjoy, like, the same, same reason that I enjoy playing co-op games more than single player games. I just it's more fun with people. You have that back and forth, you know, humor and everything. I just enjoy that. One of my favorite games like playing just with people locally is um a game like Monopoly. That's right. like one of my favorite games actually. I have a really cool edition of it actually uh that I got as a gift. And uh, that was a game that I played, but after that, I started playing on my Xbox 360 and had a pretty decent online multiplayer system, right? So I was able to play games like Halo with my friends, still get that experience of playing with people. They just weren't right there in front of you. Four games are coming a lost art. Everything's going digital. Yeah. Have you ever played Risk? I think I may have played it once or twice, but not enough to really even know the rules specifically. So, kind That's, of. It's one of my favorites. So strategic. 
Infinite Tiny Tina's Tiny Tina something. Okay. Tiny Tina's Butt Tea Party is the uh, name of the game. It is going to retail for $19.99. And I can tell you that it is a tabletop game. Looks like you can purchase it right now on their website. I can post the link if you go to tinytinasgames.com. You should be able to find it right there, and it's 20 bucks plus shipping. Uh, looks interesting. I, I may pick it up just to check it out and report back. See if I can find anybody who would play it with me, though. That is it a four-person game or what? Well, let's take a look. Player count two to five. Five. And here's what they say about the game. What do vault hunters do over tea? Mess with claptrap, of course. All your favorite claptraps are here to ridicule. We've got pirates and sheriffs. Wizards and gentlemen. Dive in some dumpsters, swipe some parts, and build your bot. Race to be the first one to get your clappy decked out with the right parts to win. So that's what they say about it. And looks like you get 80 cards and five claptrap bodies, 52 parts, 21 actions, and rules yeah pretty neat looks like a fun little gift to give to somebody who is a fan of the game and we'll include a link in the show notes so if you want to pick this up you can let's continue the conversation with the rest of the announcements we got from pax east and we also heard about some remasters, PS4, Xbox, and PC, didn't we? Yes, we did, and I love them. Yeah. For the first time ever, Borderlands 1 is getting a remaster. It's going to be completely graphically upgraded with the Borderlands Game of the Year edition. It's going to have 4K ultra hd textures and resolutions it's going to have four player co-op for the very first time along with uh, shift code support so you can use golden keys and pick up those chests of awesome loot and if you had played the borderlands game actually any borderlands game before and you log in with the same count, you will get an extra weapon and you'll get 75 shift codes if you were a returning player. So that's pretty cool too. Yeah, I logged on and immediately had the 75 golden keys and went over to the chest, which now they've the chests in Firestone. Um what's the next place you go to? Firestone. New is it New Haven? Yeah, I think so. And then I don't know after that. Probably those are the only two places. But yeah, they added those in. Um, I know that there's been some. They may have patched it, but there has been some 
trouble with multiplayer. I haven't tried it yet. But, yeah, uh, I heard they were having some uh, server issues. Yeah. Other than that, though, I've I haven't had a problem. It's running. I got an PS4, and it's running smoothly. I love it. I actually got it as a free update because I owned the the original game on PC, and then on April third, it updated to the remastered edition. Or I think it's called the Game of the Year Enhanced Edition on Steam. Did you and have to I, download a whole separate file, or is it just an update? It was a separate uh, file, yes. I have to download another copy of the game, essentially, that was the enhanced edition. The newest version of it, that was pretty cool for them to do. And also, my Handsome Collection also had some updates as of April 3rd as well. There were uh, UHD 4K texture packs available for both Borderlands 2 and Borderlands the pre-sequel if you own that game. And I actually did pick up the pre-sequel because I was missing the pre-sequel on PC and they are having a sale on Steam at the moment. So if you haven't picked up the game on PC, here's your chance for about 14 15 bucks. You can get the Handsome Collection, which comes with everything, essentially, besides the first game. And you can actually pick up the first game on Amazon right now. So you can complete your collection up until the third game that's coming out in September for pretty cheap right now. And let's talk about some pricing on this uh, Borderlands Game of the Year edition. It's going to cost... $29.99, so 30 bucks MSRP digitally, and it's going to be available on PS4 or Xbox as a physical release via GameStop US or EB Games if you're in Canada. It's worth the $30. Say that. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to play. I am going to have to dive in. I have been a lot of Borderlands 2 lately. So I'm going to have to take a break and maybe play through the first to make more sense, right? And that leads us to Borderlands The Handsome Collection got some updates as well. With the announcement at PAX East, it will also be updated with uh, 4K graphics and with uh, updated textures and graphical fidelity. You've tried that, right? I haven't tried it on PS4 yet. I tried it on both PS4 Pro and on uh, PC. I think that the graphics look amazing on PS4. And I'm sure if you're a PS4 player, you're not going to have any issues with it. For me, the differences in the frame rates between consoles and PC make it kind of difficult to go back and play on PS4 um, accordingly. But I have been really enjoying it. It looks absolutely amazing. It runs well. And the graphics are definitely upgraded to where I notice a difference. Everything looks a lot more crisp. It's, it's pretty cool. I've been really enjoying it. We also got a reveal trailer for another game that's coming out. Isn't that right? It's a small little game. No big deal. 
Yeah. And it's going to be called Borderlands 3. So it's not going to be called some weird freaking name. It's a real sequel to the second game. And it's coming out September 13th. They did confirm four-person co-op. And how many weapons are we getting this time around? Uh, just a few. Billion. A million. A billion, a billion. weapons. A billion. That's insane. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. I wonder how many of those are just copy and pasted, if any. I'm sure some are. Copy and pasted from pre-sequel or Borderlands 2. That was a big controversy pre-sequel. Borderlands 2. It had copied a lot of Borderlands 2 guns. Pretty much all of them, I think. I wonder if that's going to be part of it. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. But hey, guns with legs, so. (laughs) But you can't argue with a billion weapons. I mean, even if a million of them are and the rest are just copy. Oh, yeah. Even then, like... I don't think it'll be an issue at all. You got a lot of loot. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be a problem either. I think that we're going to have more weapons and more loot than any other game has ever given us. And I'm pretty excited about that. I'm excited to see what they do with the environments that we're going to get in the game. Because we're going to be getting not just one planet, but we're going to be getting planets so it's going to be pretty massive that city that that malawan city it's amazing cannot wait get to see some pretty vast areas like desert wastelands uh we got to see some cities and swamp lands so we're gonna get some diverse areas and so I think it's going to be pretty massive in terms of the sheer size of the map. It's going to be huge. I'm excited that we're not staying on just Pandora. I like the idea of going from world to world, hunting vaults. I think it's a really good change from the other games. I agree. And also, we're going to get some returning characters too, like Brick, Lilith, Mordecai, Marcus, Tiny Tina, Sir Hammerlock, they're all returning with this new game. Not so Tiny Tina. Wait, no Tiny Tina? Not so tiny. She's not tiny anymore. <laughs> no Tiny Tina? But, but, she was awesome. So what happened? Did she like eat a bunch of Cheerios or? Just older. So she's bigger. Yeah, it's what I think they're speculating it's going to be five years, about five years in the future. She should be around 18 or 20 in this game. So she's going to be the rebellious Tina. Oh, rebellious. She's going to go crazy. And uh, also, we're going to get dozens of mutants and huge robots to fight and shoot. So that's pretty cool. Those robots, I'm interested to see what they do with Malawan because robots that you can see in the trailer if you stop it at the right time have uh, Malawan colors and Malawan logo, and they're in the Malawan city. 
So I, I'm I'm really looking forward to that part. Again, I I did not notice that. Oh yeah, I watched like four uh, breakdowns of the trailer after it. <laughs> they stop frame by frame and evaluate every single thing. Those are fun to watch. Those are great. One of them was like stretched out into an hour long. It was very in depth. To continue with the reveal trailer, we do have some information that came out of that trailer. Um, there's going to be a buff female hunter who has the markings of a and can apparently spawn six massive arms, each just as buff as she is. Dogs were getting kind of excited. Moving on, we have a young female hunter that appears standing in front of a mech that she can apparently summon and that other players can apparently co-pilot. She's also seen driving in a big vehicle that's outfitted with ample firepower. Can't wait to drive that thing. Which, that looks pretty awesome. We were also shown an older male hunter apparently using a gadget that will allow him to create a holographic version of himself. Looks very similar to Jack's doppelganger in the pre-sequel. Yeah. Android, or robot hunter, appears to fight alongside a variety of pets, including a skag and a spiderant. So those are coming back, too, in this new game. That's pretty cool, too. I like the fact that even though we're getting new environments, we are getting some returning characters in the game and returning monsters and different animals that we're fighting. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, you need that balance of returning characters and new characters. Yeah. Because otherwise it feels like a whole new game and not in a good way because they take away what made Borderlands special from the beginning. Right. It's so important for, like, I absolutely love how they, you know, Lilith, Roland, Mordecai, and Brick were all playable in the OG Borderlands and then there came characters and they seem to be doing the same thing for from two to three. They did from one to two where... Maya will be an NPC, and um, what are the other ones we saw? Maya, Zero. I don't remember the others. I don't think Axton was in it. I know we saw Lilith, C-Zero, Amara, Zane, Ellie, Tannis, Marcus, Reese, Vaughn, Hammerl, and Aurelia. I'm going to butcher that name. Yeah, I can't say it either. <laughs> um yeah i didn't see i don't think axton or salvador are in it though which is interesting at least they didn't say they're in it but i am very excited that the tails characters are going to be in it at least reese and vaughn which you haven't played that yet have you i've not played that i do have tales from the borderland which that's on my list of games to play before the third one is out and so good um Definitely going to have to dive into it. I have the whole season, too. Reese and Vaughn are both, both going to be in Borderlands 3. They didn't say, they didn't show anything about Fiona or Sasha, though, which I think is interesting because people love those characters. I don't know. Hopefully they'll be in it. 
Well, remember, I, I don't think they showed us everything for some things because they have to show us something new at E3. They couldn't really just show everything got the PAX East show that we got because they just had to save a lot of it for the big stage at E3. Yeah, that's a good point. I just figured that I would have seen those characters in the that teaser trailer. Yeah. A really cool teaser trailer. We did get another official reveal trailer on April 3rd, right? We got some more information about the game, and we got an official release date, September 13th, 2019. It will be available everywhere except for, drumroll, Steam. <laughs> oh boy. It seems to be like the... Uh, the trend now, like, should we go ahead and talk about that now? Yeah, let's save the best for last. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about the story, the Borderlands story first. So we have the antagonist, we have the Calypso, and they are also rulers of the cult called Children of the Vault, or COV. And it looks like we're going to be fighting them. It seems to me. Again, I watched like four uh, breakdown trailers, breakdowns of the trailer, but it seems to be because obviously there are no male sirens. You know that from the pre previous games. But um, it looks like because of that scene with Lilith, it seems to be that Tyreen can take the, take the siren power and kind of force it into somebody else, I guess, would be the best way of putting it. So it looks like she's putting it in Troy, which is why he has the red markings. That's what it seems to me. I don't know. Just a theory. That's really interesting. And they are based on Greek mythology, from what I'm hearing as well, which is interesting. And in the reveal trailer, you see Lilith, no siren tattoos, and she is crawling away from the Calypso twins. Now, do we think that the twins stole Siren's purse? That's what it looks like to me. I don't know. I kind of wish they hadn't put that in there. If that is the case, I wish they that hadn't been in the trailer because I don't really want to know that yet. Hopefully, there'll be some twist where that's not main plot point what if that's how the story kind of begins what if that's the first cutscene game where the backdrop is that the twins take the siren powers from all the sirens out there and you have to essentially save their powers and get the powers back that would be interesting I, if that was the opening scene, I think it would, that would, I would agree with them putting that in the trailer. I think that would be really cool. I yeah. just don't know. I don't know if that'll be an opening scene or not. It looks like a major plot point to me. I guess we'll see. And I'm sure we'll be able to play the game at E3 as well. Because if it's not yet fully finished, I'm sure they're getting pretty close to it. At least to a point where they can show a 
final product at the uh, E3 event. So I'm sure people will get a chance to play more. When is E3? Oh, let's take a look. I know it's in June. Let me take a look and see when in June, just to give you accurate info. It's uh, June 14th. Uh, I'm sorry, June 11th until June 14th of 2019. So it's I'm this having a summer. Of gameplay available, considering that the gameplay reveal is on May 1st. It's a good month and some. Yeah, and that would give them a couple of months to prepare and to build additional hype before the game is out in September. So it should be really interesting to see how that all plays out. The other interesting thing is that, and I know we touched on this slightly, but uh, the gameplay continues across multiple different planets, which is kind of cool. We're going to get a chance to go through different areas and looks like different planets and i want to say that randy pitchford mentioned something on social media about this stating that you're going to go across many different moons and the night and day um, mechanic works with the new game that should be pretty interesting as well i think it'll be a cool um shift from the other games terms yeah. of not just staying on you know staying on pandora and environments are so similar i think it'll be good and it looks like it's going to have a more religious tone and what we saw in the cover art we saw N npcs surrounded by guns and roses uh, the guns obviously represent all the different guns in the game and then roses have the faces of different characters in the game. I like the cover art. I think it's cool. I just I kind of wanted to see three guns pointed at a head. So they could, kept, could keep that thing going from the first and the second, you know? Yeah, I thought they did a pretty cool job with the, with the cover art. I don't really have too much of a problem with it. I like the Guns N' Roses theme to it. It's uh, not a huge deal to me, but... Yeah, I think it looks pretty cool. I think it was very appropriate for the game, and I, I mean, I think they did a pretty decent job with it. And then we also have, uh, what else? We have some confirmed characters for this game. And I think we mentioned some of them, but we do have Lilith, Maya, Brick, Tiny Tina, or Not-So-Tiny Tina. Not-So-Tiny Tina. <laughs> Mordecai, Troy, Tyrene. Claptrack, Moxie, Zero, Amara, Zane. Uh, you just say Flack. I think that's, I think that's what people are calling them. Okay, Flack, uh, Mosey, Ellie, Tennis, Marcus, Reese, Vaughn, Hammerlock, and Aurelia. They're Aurelia. Aurelia. I guess. Aurelia. I don't know. I've never been able to say it. Something with an A. <laughs> Something with an A. I don't know. Aurelia, but it'll be in the show notes down below. And we also have some confirmed Vault Hunters that we will be playing as. Amara Zane, Flack, Mosey, and this is according to 
the user 4chan and we have some descriptions for uh, the Vault Hunters that we'll be able to play as. For Amara, according to 4chan, it states, Amara is the new Siren and appears to pack some very powerful abilities and a self-projection that can attack and phase lock. I think it's interesting that she has three action skills. I don't think they've done that before, ever. What if you have to unlock all three of them through maybe multiple playthroughs? Huh. That would be really interesting. And then for Zane, we have... Uh, Zane is our wealthy and classy operative class. Like Zero from Borderlands 2, Zane can throw out a decoy. And then moving on to Flack... Uh, Flack is our robotic beast master and can choose between three different pets, one of which is a skag. According to the leak, each of the different pets will have their own move sets. That's pretty interesting. And finally, for Mosey, Mosey is the soldier and can call in a giant mech that she will pilot. Other players can hop on top of the mech and use the powerful mounted gun. That's a really cool feature. Support class. I really like that. I like, I like them using features like that to, to uh, encourage co-op play. Just out of curiosity, what if they created a lot more Vault Hunters that you can play as. Maybe they only showed off five of them, but maybe we'll have like at least a dozen of them to play as. Maybe they're going to bring back all returning ones, but then add new ones. So you can play the game through different roles. I don't know how I feel about that. I like just having the, the four. Obviously, I want DLC characters like, you know, Krieg and. Um, and uh, it also was in Borderlands 2. Necromancer. But um, I kind of like just having the four. I think it is important for the story. So you think having more than four, that would be too much and that would detract from the storyline? I think having four main ones would be the best. I think it works the best for the story. Otherwise, you're getting a little... A little too unlike Borderlands if you have, you know, 12 playable characters. That's just how I feel. Okay. I see where you're getting at. Yeah, I do want DLC characters, though. Yeah, and they did confirm that we are getting DLC at least for the first year of the game being released. And we're going to talk about the different versions of the game that will be available um, actually, we can talk about that next. Let's let's talk about the different versions that will be available in the game. Uh, the game will be coming out on PS4, on Xbox, and PC. So if you have an Xbox 360, why? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, get an Xbox One or get a PS4. You'll be able to play the game. And they will be having the... Standard edition available as always, and that's just the base game. 
And the MSRP for that one is going to be $59.99. So pretty, pretty common. And then we're also getting a deluxe edition, correct? Yes. And that that's is... going to have some extras. It comes with the retro cosmetic pack, neon cosmetic, gearbox cosmetic, toy box weapon, and then you get a pre-order bonus of gold weapon skins and a weapon trinket. Toy gun, toy grenade mod, weapon trinket, XP, and loot drop boost mods. Whatever that is. <laughs> and then it's, it's a little like um you know those you can collect um like say in Call of Duty you can collect the XP boosts. Okay. It'll, it'll like give you more XP. But you did Destiny have boosts for like loot? Uh yes. Yeah, okay. That'll be cool. That's I like that. Yeah, it does it does have things you can buy from the uh NPC and it'll give you a XP boost for a certain period of time. I think they had a promotion with the drinks. So that's, that's cool. going to be the $79. That's $20 more for the deluxe edition. And then if you want to go the next step up, you can get the super deluxe edition for $99.99. And it'll include everything in the deluxe edition. But in addition to that, you will get four campaign DLC packs that will feature new stories, new missions, and new challenges. You'll also get the Bud Stallion weapon skin. You will get a weapon trinket and you will get a grenade mod. In addition to all of the previous items in the deluxe edition. And then also it's important to note, but the price will also go up to $119 after September 13th. For That's interesting. This edition. So you actually get $20 off if you pre-order. It's it's really interesting to me that they're doing that because most companies, they won't really charge you less money for pre-orders, but it looks like they're doing it this time around where you're going to save a little bit of extra money. And I wonder why they're get, doing that. That's a good question. My best guess would be that they want people to pre-order the game and it's not really costing them anything for that deluxe edition. So I, I think they're just going to include it as part of like a goodwill package if you just get the more expensive version. Um, because if you think about it, they don't really have that many pre-order bonuses in the game. So it just gives everybody an incentive to buy the game. You do. I know you get um that. You get a PlayStation theme if you pre-order it on the PS Store right now. Yep, they they do that. That's a pretty common thing with digital games. I bought, I want to say Destiny something, and I got some skins with it uh, when I bought the game. But I don't buy two games on PS4. I did buy the new Beat Saber expansion for PSVR. Uh, but that was kind of my last purchase that I made on the PlayStation. 
I don't buy too many games on there these days. We're going to talk about some PC things. But before we do, there is another edition of the game that came out, which at this point in time, it might be hard to get, but it might come back in stock. And that's the collector's edition of Borderlands 3. And it's going to include pretty much everything in the Super Deluxe Edition, but it's going to have some more stuff on top of that, some really cool physical items. And the first thing we're getting is a diamond loot chest replica, and it's going to feature a functional and retractable lid. It's essentially a chest for you to things into it, essentially. It's also going to have a Borderlands 3 figurine set with 10 figurines, and the description states, make room on your shelf for the whole crew, including the characters from the Borderlands universe. So I think this actually confirms that we're going to get four Vault Hunters. We're not getting 25 like I mentioned earlier. So that's kind of cool. Um, we're also getting the Sanctuary 3 Snap model, and um, it will have, let's see what does it say, construct your very own Sanctuary 3 model ship and display it proudly on its included stand. Also, you're getting the Vault Key keychains, and you're getting four of those. You're also getting the Cloth Galaxy map, and it looks like Discover New Worlds Beyond Pandora with Typhon de Leon's map of the Borderlands. And then we're also getting the character art lithographs. We're getting five of those. And we're also going to get a steelbook case for the game as well. And that's part of the collector's edition. Are you a big steelbook guy? Um, I have them for all of them for Destiny because every game that I bought was a collector's edition. But I wouldn't say I'm really big on steel bases necessarily. I think it's cool, but it's not something I really care too much about. I think the collector's edition is kind of cool. You know, for $250, they could have done more. And honestly, I'm starting to wonder if I made the right call <laughs> uh, because <laughs> it's a lot of money. It's, it's not cheap. It's $250 for a chest for 10 figurines and some keychains and a steel book essentially so that's that's yeah. kind of steep the only thing that really interests me is the map i think that would be cool but other than that there's not enough to make me get collectors probably just gonna end up getting the super deluxe edition hey if you pick it up from target right now you can save some money I'm going to do that. That sounds tempting, but the problem is that they have this little exclusivity thing going on that we should probably talk about. Probably. I'd say Good it's idea. worth talking about. Yeah, let's do that. So Epic Games announced that Borderlands 2 will be a timed exclusive title on PC for a period of six months. So Steam will not be getting the release of Borderlands 3 until April 2020. 
What do you think about this, Caleb? Okay, so I have a lot of thoughts about this. Ultimately, like we were talking about earlier before we started recording, um, it's, you know, some people are expecting it to be on Steam and they're angry about that, which I understand. I understand the different reasons of why you'd want it on Steam. All your games in one place, stuff like that. Here's how I look at it. I'm not a PC gamer, so, you know, take it as it is. I'm a console gamer. But if I was mainly a PC gamer, I would be totally fine with it. Only because I think the reason they're moving to Epic exclusively for six months is because Epic will give the developers 90% of the profits as opposed to account. I, I would totally be fine with moving stores if it means the developers are getting 90% of the profit because then they can make use that profit, make more money, and then make more games for you, you know? That's how I feel about it. And just to give our listeners a little backstory, there has been a lot of controversy with this decision being made by essentially 2K games because it was not Gearbox. Gearbox has no say in that decision. And I know uh, Randy Pitchford did mention on social media that it was not his call to make, but I do think as essentially the CEO of Gearbox, he has some clout. So if he was very much against this idea, he does have a say in this matter. I definitely I think felt- he has a say in it. So Yeah. I so agree. I think that response, you know... Not the most accurate. I don't think the answer is to retaliate against the developer to write for reviews and review bomb a game just because you don't agree what platform it's coming to. You can vote with your wallet and not purchase the game if you feel very strong that you don't want this exclusivity. And I can understand this decision and ultimately. I think the issue stems from Epic Games requiring an exclusivity to begin with. If they wanted to do something like this, they could have said, okay, well, come out on whatever store you want, but just give us some extra things we give to our players, like maybe an extra pre-order bonus, something where the player still has the choice of where they want to play this game. I think that in the PC community especially, it's almost like asking a gamer to like change what shaving blades you use, right? That's how gamers feel about their platform. They're very protective of that platform and they're very loyal to that. So I think that asking players to change the platform where they play, it's an inconvenience to the gamers. And in that sense, it's anti-consumer for, for the companies to do that. But I think that if Epic Games said, okay, we're going to give the game developers more money and we're going to advertise it as such, and we're going to use that as an incentive to get players to go to our platform, that would have a more powerful impact and it would feel a lot less predatory and Overall, we would have a lot less 
issue surrounding this topic and people wouldn't be as up in arms about it. Yeah, and I understand. I understand that. And I agree that Epic shouldn't have that, you know, on the contract that this has to be exclusive to Epic Game Store. And even though it's only going to be for six months, that's still most of the sales will be in that six months. And so I, I do agree that it shouldn't be exclusive at all, but I just think Steam has been, it's never good. As a consumer, it's never good to be monopolized by a company, and that's what Steam's been, a monopoly. And then with Discord, you know, ramping up their store, and they're giving 80% of the profits to developers, and Steam's care helping developers by, you know, removing them from that monopolization of Steam, you know? It almost feels like they're afraid of the competition from Steam, so they're doing everything they can to make sure that the content comes out on their platform first. And I think that maybe if they approached it from a more confident standpoint where they felt that even if we allow for these game developers to release the game on Steam, it's not going to affect them. And it's going to take some time for people to adapt to their service and if you give players more of an incentive to buy the games from there without forcing them to do that i think that's a much better way for them to gain the trust of not only the game developers but the players as well because especially in today's age video game piracy is a real thing and I'm not saying that everyone is going to go out there and get pissed off and, you know, essentially steal the games that they should be paying for. But I think limiting the consumer will create that kind of unrest among some players. And, and they would resort to, let's say, downloading the game on torrents and then buying it on Steam later on. Personally, don't agree with it. I feel that if you feel so strongly about a game where you're not going to buy it, then just don't play it. And that's it. And I think we should be vocal about this as a consumer, but you don't do it by review bombing a game. We should express that we want to have choice as far as where we purchase our video games. And I think that if Steam starts to lose money, they're going to start adapting different policies too that are more not only consumer friendly, but also more game developer friendly. So they might eventually get that 90% of the cut if that's where the market shifts. But right now, Epic isn't really giving itself a very good reputation with the exclusivity part of the deal. And I think that's what kind of needs to go I'm all for the game developers getting 90%. In fact, I think it's been really crappy that you have companies like Apple and Xbox and PlayStation that take at least 30% of the cut for nothing more than creating a platform where the content creator is struggling to make ends meet. 
because it's costing them so much to build these games. Can it can get ridiculous sometimes from those companies, but like in terms of incentives for consumers, going back to that, I think Epic Games is doing well when it comes to paying developers more. But they're also one thing with Metro Exodus when they went exclusive on Epic is uh, the developers said, hey, since we're making more money, we can now lower the price of the game. So the game's price moved to $50 instead of 60 which then becomes not only developer-friendly, but consumer-friendly as well. They just need better features in terms of like inviting friends to games and stuff like that, as like Steam does. And I think that even if they said, look, we can lower the price on Epic, and you're going to pay less money on Epic, and it's $10 Steam because we are getting less of the cut and we have to share the money with Steam. I think that would motivate Steam more than anything else to take lesser cut in order to be able to compete, right? Yeah, I would love to see Steam do that. If, they're, that, if they do that, then that's, that means that that's capitalism. That's uh, epic undercutting. And if they have the better features already there in place and they just give the developers more money, then you'll start to see the developers becoming Steam exclusive and it'll switch. So it's all, it's in Steam's court right now. The ball's in their court. And I, I think ultimately we can agree upon the fact that in terms of gamers, exclusivities aren't really benefiting the gamers. I think it's, it's benefiting the game developers in the short term and the publishers in terms of giving them more incentives in order to get the game out there on their store. They get better, you know, deals with the with the platform uh, companies. But I do think that at the same time, there needs to be restriction on what they're able to do, because you have games that come out where one platform will get, you know, a good chunk of the game, and then it's not going to come out for at least a year on other platforms, like. Destiny, for example, they did that for quite some time. So I hope that they don't adapt policies like this and maybe figure out a more friendlier way to introduce exclusivity if it has to. But I do think six months is a little bit much. Maybe, maybe make it 30 days. You know, the first 30 days you can get it on Epic. Or remove that time limit altogether. Compete in terms of the price and the features that you offer to the players. I would love to see that exclusivity go away. I just don't think it will. Just looking at, you know, when you take console wars into account, Xbox and PS4, you know, PS4, Sony is dominating the field right now because of their console exclusives like Spider-Man and God of War. They dominated 2018. And whenever that becomes like whenever console wars shift to PC like this, we know, we haven't seen this before. We don't know what's going to happen, but I think it's going to become very similar to that in terms of Epic versus Steam versus Discord. Yeah, I think we're going to see enough that are going to compete with each other, but eventually we are going to go all digital with video games. And I think that when that happens, 
you're going to see places like GameStop essentially dying out because the need for that type of store will no longer exist. Even places like Best Buy and Walmart and Target, they will eventually stop selling physical games. In fact, as of April 1st of this year, Sony essentially stopped any type of digital sales of their games through all retail stores. So GameStop pulled all of their digital games off the shelf. So did Best Buy and all of the other uh, major retailers. I never really understood why those were there in the first place. I don't know why you would go to, unless you had like a gift card, I guess. I don't know why you'd like go to Best Buy and then buy a digital card right when you can just buy it straight off the store. I guess gift card would probably be the reason. I know some stores give you like a $10 card certificate. Other stores have like a little pre-order bonus that they give you. I think GameStop is actually doing that with uh, Borderlands 3. You're going to get a weapon skin pack if you get it from GameStop. So... They do little things like that, so that could be a reason. But for me, I like the idea of the actual, like, the physical cover art and having a disc, you know, having something physical. I, I kind of like that idea, even though it's essentially dying away as a technology. Like, even my computer that I built, it does not have a CD drive or DVD drive or anything like that. So literally the only way I can store things on there is through USB. Yeah, I'm, I'm old school in the, the sense that I like disc too. Yeah. I'm pretty big on, you know, preserving games. And one of the things that is always in the back of my mind is like, what happens in 20, 30 years when it doesn't really make sense economically for these big platforms to maintain the servers and keep these games live? Do we lose these games even though we license to play them? Like, look at games like PT. And I know that's a demo, right? But they completely removed PT from the store where even if you had that game, you still couldn't play it. You could not download. And it's that type of control from all of these platforms that kind of make me very wary about buying my games digitally and relying on digital purchases unless it's like a season pass or some kind of a DLC content that I otherwise would have buy digitally anyways. I don't even think that's avoidable with physical discs because, you know, PlayStation All-Stars, the Battle Royale, not, it's not a Battle Royale, but it's called PlayStation All-Stars Battle Royale. Mm -hmm. That came out on PS3. I don't know what year that was. I don't, I, I would guess 2012, maybe. I don't know. Um, that came out and last year, or I think it was early this year, actually, they completely shut down the server. So like I have the physical copy, I can't play it. It's just wow. done. I think something similar happened with Guitar Hero because they lost some licensing agreements for the songs that were made available. Oh, that's interesting. The problem with PlayStation All-Stars was they just, they were paying you know, money for the server to be up and they just weren't making enough money off the game to keep it up, which yeah. that it's kind of a downer to know that more games will be starting to do that 
shows us that there are some downsides to having game as a service mod because when a game relies on a server to keep the game running eventually it's going to come to an end it's not like playing duck hunt or you know the first mario game on your super nintendo even if it's 30 40 50 years later you can still play that game because it's completely independent of some server running the game or allowing the game to exist and function and today, a lot of games rely very heavily on servers to help the game operate and run and be more interactive and immersive. So I think there's something to be said about that. There, there are things that we can learn about that. Maybe having games that have a larger campaign or have games that don't rely as much on servers to help the game run, maybe it may not be such a bad thing to have on occasion. Like games like God of War. For example, or games like Horizon Zero Dawn on PS4, for example. Great game. Yeah. Excellent, excellent games. So yeah, so those are our thoughts on the Epic Games exclusivity. Do you have any closing thoughts on this topic? Um No, no, not really. Not on Epic Store. Not not more than what I've said. Okay. Well, I think we can safely move on to the next uh, topic. And for the final discussion of the evening, we're going to talk about which you're going to be picking up and what we're excited about with the upcoming game that was announced. So you're getting the collector's. You've already pre-ordered it, right? I did pre-order the collector's edition. As it stands right now, I'm going to keep it, but I may end up changing it to the digital deluxe or whatever the super deluxe edition that includes the annual pass that's what i'll be getting to i haven't gotten around to pre-ordering it yet but i probably should with the ten dollar target uh ten dollar store credit target yeah i'll send you over a link um after the podcast and um you want to check it out if you want to pick it up go ahead do that and I was really set on getting the game on PC. So that's the only issue I have from doing that. And plus, I did pick up the collector's edition, which we'll see if I end up sticking with it. Uh, I might make a decision after I watch some videos of what's included in that $250 edition because it needs to be a really awesome freaking loot chest for me to... <laughs> Drop the extra 150 bucks on that. So what are you most excited about with the upcoming Borderlands 3 release? Um, we were talking about traveling from world to world. And like I, 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 I was talking about how that one city, that one Malawan city, I cannot wait to be there. I think that's going to be a really cool. It's so different from, you know, just typical Pandora. Or like the dust in Borderlands 2. You look at the dust and then you look at that city. It does not look like the same game at all. I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited about the Tails characters being in Borderlands 3. I don't know how they're going to be incorporated. I know Reese is running Atlas now. I think it would be cool to see Vaughn. I don't know what he's doing. Um, and then I, I'm really hoping there will be raids in it. Kind of like the Destiny raids. They're long. And require people who, you know, 
know what they're doing and are prepared. I think I think I would really love to have Destiny like raids. How about you? Yeah, me too, man. I think Borderlands, if you think about it, it does loot better than Destiny. And I think that it has a much stronger PG mechanic in that game. So the potential is definitely there to have not just one raid, but multiple raids in the game. And they can add on top of that with the DLCs as well to keep things feeling fresh and different. And I also agree the fact that we're going to be able to play on different planets and have different environmental things affect our gameplay. I think that's really awesome. And I'm pretty excited to check out the new game and also to see what they do with the lore and the storyline. Because I think that the new antagonists that we're going to be playing against, the Calypso Twins, they look like pretty interesting characters. And it's really cool to see how they intertwine into the storyline especially with um, Greek mythology being a bigger theme this time around. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. And definitely raids, that's going to be probably one of my most exciting things about what they do with the end game and the raid content. What do you want to see different in Borderlands 3 than other games, than the other Borderlands games? Um, good question. Um, let's see. I would like to see some kind of a better integration of like um, vehicle battles. Maybe have complete different missions that we go on where you have to fight more enemies and you, you have to rely more on gunplay. And imagine if we had space battles too. I think that the fact that we can travel to different planets, we might be able to also go into space and have different spaceships that have different weapons that you can attach to them. I think that would be a pretty cool mechanic in the game. Interesting. Speaking of vehicles, um, I don't know if you saw, because I don't think you've watched a breakdown trailer, but if you break it down frame by frame, you can see all the different vehicles. You'll see like the same exact frames from a Bandit Technical. But you'll see them have different wheels or different, um, I don't know, different wheels, different weapons. They, some would have like something coming out of the tire, like a, like a spike. So it, it seems like the vehicles are going to be customizable in that sense, rather than just like pick your weapon. It looks like it'll be like, you know, pick the tires, pick the color, all this different stuff. What do you think about that? That would be really awesome. The more customization you put into the game, the so I think that just gives you more depth in the game and more things to chase after. Imagine if you unlocked different abilities for the vehicle as you use that vehicle. That just adds another layer of depth that makes the game more awesome, in my opinion. So I think these are all welcoming additions that hopefully will come into the final version of the game. I think it would be really interesting. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, the raids, man. I'm really excited to see what they do with, with raids. I'd love to see raid activities where you're relying on 10 
12 people to complete different things and you have different roles that help you to accomplish whatever boss battle you go through. And then finally you get some really awesome exotic loot. That would be really, really, really awesome. And I'm really excited to see what they do with it because I think that Gearbox really knows how to come out with solid endgame content. So it's going to be really fun to see what they do with this game, especially having had five years to work on on the game. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. I would love to get, you know, 10 or 12 guys from Discord groups, stuff like that, all together doing one raid. That would be amazing. Yeah, and the fact that this game isn't as graphically as demanding as some of the other games that are out also means that they can afford that liberty to introduce more players into activities and still be able to handle that gameplay with the tech technological limitations that they have at the time. Because I'm sure releasing the game on PS4 Pro even, or Xbox One X, they're going to have to make some sacrifices to some extent. So the less sacrifice they have to make, the more in interactive and engaging game they can build. So I think that's all for the better. Right. So, yeah, we talked about quite a few things today. And do you have any closing thoughts that you want to share with our audience? Uh, there's another thing I meant to mention earlier. I don't know if you've seen, you can go to borderlands.com and you can sign in to sign in or create account a shift account if you don't already have one and you can it has different activities for you to do you can like go uh check out gearbox on twitter check out borderlands on instagram stuff like that and you'll get points for it and you collect the points and you can use those points to buy golden keys um i think skins in the future will be an option they're not right now i think uh weapon skins and character skins will both be an option Right now, you can buy desktop and a mobile wallpaper, and then you can buy golden keys for both or for Borderlands Game of the Year remastered, Borderlands uh, Two, and the pre sequel. I don't know if you've done that. I went and collected all my points. Um, I think I set up an account on there, but I haven't really checked out any of the rewards, so I'll have to do that uh, after the podcast and see what that, that sounds really interesting try to post that on our Twitter account. We do have a new Twitter account for the podcast. If you go to Borderlands3POD on Twitter, um, post uh, some shift codes and any cool news that we find about Borderlands 3, we're going to make sure to post them right on there. So yeah, I think that we covered quite a bit. I had a lot of fun. It's definitely an exciting time to Borderlands fan. Between the updates that came to the Handsome Collection and the first game, we're going to be playing for sure. And Caleb, thank you very much for being on today and sharing all of your knowledge. And uh, I hope we get a chance to do this each and every week. And uh, you can find us on multiple platforms now. You'll be able to find the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Stitcher, Anchor, Podbean, and the list goes on. 
And Caleb, where can we learn more about you? You can follow me on Twitter at cwilmoth15. That's C-W-I-L-M-O-T-H 15. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter at omgcornholio. You can also find me on Twitch at IamCornholio. And you can follow our podcast at Borderlands3POD. And we also have an Instagram, don't we? Yes, we do. And it's really cool. And where, where can we find that? You can find that at The Borderlands Show. I think that's it. Just The Borderlands Show. Cool. Um, posting on that every couple of days. Go follow it. Awesome. Yep. Go follow us. And if you like the episode, then please subscribe for more. And we hope to do this each and every week. We're going to be working on developing the podcast more in the coming weeks. And we hope to invite special guests on the show and to give you more awesome Borderlands content. We started this podcast because we tried finding a podcast that we can enjoy on different topics in Borderlands, and we couldn't find one. There was nothing in existence. So we decided, you know what, we're going to start one ourselves. And so we did. And we hope you'll join us and tune in for more episodes leading up to the release of Borderlands 3 this September. So until next week, we hope you have an awesome week and we hope you enjoy playing Borderlands 2.